Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hey there, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network. As always, I am your host, Aaron Sagers, author, journalist, researcher of weird things, and you can also catch me on 28 Days Haunted on Netflix and Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel and the Max streaming service. And today we are talking about one of my favorite shows of all time, The X-Files, and more specifically, The X-Files fan retrospective documentary. And this documentary explores the impact of The X-Files through the fan community and by utilizing more than or close to a hundred interviews with the cast and creatives. It is an extensive documentary that began, the work really began in 2018 and is ongoing. And today I have the filmmakers with me and right to my left, we have Lauren Kratiger. And right next to her is Carly Blake. Thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you. And I got it right. You did. Kratiger. <laughs> Kratiger. Kratiger. Yes. Okay. Very good. So even though you know the pronunciation of the name, when you start saying it in the moment, sometimes you're like, I'm going to get it wrong right now. But uh, so you share a lot of inspiring stories from the creation of X-Files as well as from the fan perspective. But I really want to start by getting a sense of your own fandoms and the origin of your X-Files fandom. So what made you a fan? Sure. I've been a fan since I was nine years old. I remember watching the pilot with my family when it aired, and it was just the first show that I really loved, the first show that I always wanted to be home on Friday night to watch at 9 p.m., and kind of the first show that wasn't animated, caught my interest, kind of um, started my interest in spooky things, and I just loved it. I loved the way it looked. I loved the characters, and it just kind of always watched it and moved to Sundays. Then I'd watch it on Sunday and it was pre-internet. So kind of alone in my little X-Files bubble unless my family watched it with me. It just was always just a really great show that I enjoyed watching growing up. Yeah, that is so true. Like the early days before we had the internet to connect with other fans out there. Uh, How about you, Carly? Uh, it was something I started, I was around 10, Lauren and I are one year apart, uh, and uh, my father used to watch it, and uh, I lost my dad now 20 years ago, and it was something that he and I, we would sit on the couch and either watch that or Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and it was one of those things that it, it grabbed me, and it was just such a really well-written show, and I was a young kid, but it was I always had an obsession with um, certain things. For example, Ghostbusters grabbed me as a young kid, and um, Twister grabbed me when I was in middle school. And the X Files was one of those things that just grabbed my attention, and I stuck with it. And I remember watching like on Thanksgiving. Remember those like I think FX had the marathon, and I'd be sitting there watching all of 
the best ones instead of eating Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, it was just one of those shows that stayed with me all the way through. I think it ended when I was in college. I mean, a freshman in college, something like that. And and it's obviously it stayed with us and kind of revitalized our friendship. And um, and we've allowed allowed this journey to go for as long as it has. I can't believe it's been six years. So what would be an episode early on that would you say grabbed you that kind of still sticks with you even though there's been a lot of great episodes out there that that kind of like early one that hooked you probably ice from the early early season or jose chung's from season three just from a comedy standpoint uh but ice was probably one of the best written episodes and it was really i think that really a telling episode in the beginning of the series yeah that was an episode where we really see sort of the it felt like the gelling of the Mulder Scully relationship, I, if if I recall correctly, and it, yeah, it was was that season one, season yeah, two, season yeah, season one, it, yeah. I think episode eight, something yeah. like that. How about you? Yeah, this was great. Like you said, you kind of saw that they really cared for each other during those scenes. Um, I always really loved the host. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you just want to see Jersey. I do. <laughs> I love the Jersey connection. Watching that as a kid terrified me, and I just loved that. It was so dimly lit, you couldn't really make out what the creature was, and you really didn't get that many answers. And then at the end, to find out he's still out there was uh, really interesting and fun, and I thought, oh, this is so weird, I'm so scared, but I can't stop watching. Yeah, was that, is that one of your favorite monsters when we're talking about the Monster of the Week episodes? Was that one of your favorites? Absolutely. Yeah, how yes. about you? She uses it in everything, the host. Okay. We have a million of those. Um, I'm trying to think. What the goat, one of the ones that freaks me out is actually one of the newer seasons. Mr. Chuckleteeth still freaks me out. Like that ghost, not the ghost, he's not a ghost, but that character, like, I <laughs> see it and I'm like, God, if you put that on a children's television show, no, nah, I'm good. Right. <laughs> Let's yeah. keep it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was the moment where, as fans, you started connecting with other fans? As you said, it was pre-internet when it first began and then it crossed that threshold where we were in the internet land what was that moment where you started finding other people like oh you're a weirdo like me yes i remember that because i had an embarrassing um x-files screen name so i remember going onto message boards not the official message boards which is ones that existed within aol at the time and kind of listening to other fans and hearing their theories about where it's going what it could be Never got into fan fiction, but I knew it existed, and I thought that was really interesting that people were creating friendships over a shared interest of the show. Um, but once that really kicked off, I had strict parental controls on my username, so I couldn't really get too much into it. So unfortunately, that whole internet boom with the fandom and the shared connections, I just kind of uh, scraped the surface of that. My parents had no idea how to put parental controls on. <laughs> Not that I was doing anything bad, but the same. Like, you just you wait for that dial-up to go through and then you're talking with fans Lauren and I have spoken about like once in a while we'd have conversations in school Um, we knew we didn't have the same social circles but we knew that the other was a fan of the show and it's almost like that old water cooler adage like we were in high school so it was a little bit different but um, you kind of connected with fans that way you found other people like you who loved the show and you're like what'd you think of that one or what did you you know Mm -hmm. but you knew you were a nerd at the same time before it was cool so you're like, oh, we gotta be quiet about it. That you know, we're super nerds, but we, we, you know, we can't be too loud. I was never quiet about it. I'm still not quiet about it. Yeah, I guess uh, I wasn't too quiet. I've never been a quiet person, so well, the <laughs> nerds that rule, quiet. Nerds rule the earth now. That's true. But, oh, you know, back in the sure. day, I totally relate to what you're saying because there was this element of I'm into this thing, and yeah, I'm kind of 
kind of keeping trying kind of chill about it not trying to hide who i am but keep it chill because you don't know who else embraces it or not but once that chatter starts to begin amongst two people or more you're like oh my tribe i have found my people so as far as finding people talk about your guys's friendship because you i mean since high school you said you've been friends we've known each other since high school Carly and I were acquaintances in high school, yeah. and I always make that distinction because really the show, The X-Files, is what brought us back, and now she's one of my closest friends, and it's really interesting, and that's why I always make that distinction because we were not friends. We were acquaintances that we had a shared love of the program, The X-Files, and on Monday, I'd be like, hey, did you watch last night? She'd be like, yeah, it was awesome. I really like this, or I really like that, or what do you think's going to happen? And that would be it. That was the extent of it. And then in 2018, Carly, who, as she had mentioned, she's a year older than me, she had friended me on Facebook, and in 2018 she wrote, where are my NYC X-Files fans at? And on Facebook, I'll just browse, I don't really respond, but for whatever reason, and I know it was because of X-Files, mm -hmm. I felt compelled to say, me, always and forever, X-Files, NYC area, totally. And then she had sent me a message that was like, hey, do you wanna go to this event with me in the city? I said, sure, and that's how we met up, and that's where we started speaking to other fans and that's where this idea really came from was just meeting up on a whim and because of the X-Files. What was that initial event? Was it the New York Comic Con um, screening or panel? It was, um, it was a listening party with David Duchovny oh, that's right. and his band. <laughs> okay. So it was X-Files adjacent yeah. and we had been waiting outside. That's right. And we were speaking with other fans and people were like, oh, you know, I kind of followed his career because I used yeah. to watch the X-Files or, you know, I'm here because I don't know about his singing, but I know I appreciate his acting and writing. So I'm here to check this out. So kind of saw a common thread that we had all grown up watching the X-Files and we kind of followed his career. And now we're standing outside of this music venue in the city. So it was really interesting to hear initially everyone's kind of thoughts about why they were there and what the show meant to them. And it's kind of where it took off. It's one thing to gather at an event and reunite with an old friend or an acquaintance that then becomes a friend. But then it's quite another thing to say, we should make a documentary and dedicate a lot of our uh, life, our time, our energy to this. So what was that conversation as far as like, yeah, let's let's do something about this. You know what it was? I think a lot of it was we met people like us that were passionate about the show for various reasons it, you know it had saved their life in one way or another or it was their relationship like in my case to my dad um, and it a lot of those stories grab people and we thought wow there's something here and we both had had experience with, you know in marketing and production and we thought we could put this together and it, and it started small and uh, we realized we could reach people whether it be fans or even cast members just via people we met and we did and it started small and it just kept growing and growing and growing so that's where we, yeah. <laughs> we are today I think that's an exciting element about it because you are somewhat you were you were situated you were already kind of primed to do this kind of work because of your professional backgrounds because you'd work in um, sports production right you both had worked in various elements of marketing and production correct yeah, so you have the skills and the ability to put this thing together. It's like it's like you're this was the role you were you were born to play. Yes, our husbands don't necessarily agree. But are they not X Files fans? No, no. We we, we haven't left them, them yet. I mean, we're not sure how we've stayed with them so long. No, oh my goodness. Is no. there like a collective eye roll of like, 
Oh, they're doing X-Files talk now. We're going to just... Actually, yes. Yes, pretty much. That's very accurate, yeah. (laughs) I love that, though. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what was, you know, what have been some of the challenges with being a small team and attacking this documentary for, over the span of multiple years, a global pandemic, and, and really going out there and finding all of these interviews? What have some of the challenges been? Well, for sure, as Carly mentioned, we kind of just decided to create this documentary. And what started off as a small undertaking with no guideline or no outline, no due date, we're just kind of like, let's make a love letter to the show. Let's talk to fans whose lives have been positively impacted by the X-Files one way or another. And let's hear what they have to say. And, you know, the Scully effect is so well known. We can we can certainly talk about that and find people who were positively impacted by that. And it got a little bit bigger as time went on. And then we're like, well, what if we reached out to some of the cast and crew? Not necessarily David Duchovny and Julian Anderson, but those who were not at Comic-Con, those who are not often given the spotlight and see what their memories are creating the show that, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later at this point was still so popular and it resonates with so many people. So we started reaching out to various co-stars and producers and writers and we were getting a great response. And then the pandemic hit. So our very last interview before COVID was here in New York with Restarry and it was great. And we brought all of our equipment and we set it up and the lighting was perfect. And then when the world shut down, we had a choice to make. Do we keep going? Do we try to see how long this plays out and pick it up in a year or whenever things go back to normal? But, you know, we once again kind of looked at the X-Files and, and thought, don't give up. So we did what we could and we embraced Zoom, just like a lot of companies were doing. And by doing that, we had gone from this is going to look perfect and we're going to play with the sound and everyone's going to have a great mic and lighting. We were suddenly at the mercy of everyone's internet connection, microphone. Um, They're sitting in their garage, they're chatting with us, their dogs are barking. So it became very different from what we had initially set out to do, but we rolled with it and we were just so grateful to keep it going and share this content online with fellow fans who, you know, we're all stuck at home. So, hey, you know, we're interviewing this person. What do you think you would like to hear from them? And then, well, here's the rough cut. It's on our YouTube channel. Go check it out. And it just became bigger and bigger with each passing month. And this is in addition to our full-time jobs and our kids and our families. And, of course, um, in the pandemic, we all had our challenges. I know I was homeschooling. It was just a lot. Mm -hmm. So to start Zooming with people that we you know, love and admire from a distance from growing up with these people in our living rooms, it was really such a positive experience and kind of kept us going through some of the darker moments that yeah. the pandemic brought. But, but it was a blessing in disguise. For sure. We want to make sure we preface that. It was a blessing in disguise because I don't think we would have had the opportunity you know, we didn't have a huge budget. So for us, we wouldn't have been able to fly to Vancouver or Detroit or Los Angeles. So these people were home and they wanted to talk and everybody wanted to talk. So we had to trade the production value, like Lauren said, like I love video cameras and lighting and microphones and doing it the proper way like we did with Reese. But we had to trade that for like you said, internet connection. Do you think then, that's a great point because people did want to talk. Do you think that when everybody stuck at home, there was already sort of this reflection, self-reflection taking place in all of our lives 
do you think that that contributed to the substance of the interviews? Because people were thinking about my career, my life, what have I done, what does it matter, what's my legacy? Did that come out in the interviews? I think so. I think they, people were very personal um, and took a lot of time. People were not in a rush to talk to us and they wanted to tell us their stories and they wanted to tell us their experiences. And I can't tell you one person who wasn't proud of their mm -hmm. work. Um, and we're grateful for the work and experiences they had on the show. I mean, I, every single person had a positive experience. And having worked in the industry myself for a long time, that is not the case all the time. I've had so many horror stories of productions and stuff like that, and I won't go into detail, but, um, you know, these people were so grateful for their experiences on their show and the time that they spent on the show. And because of that, they were gracious with their time and their stories. And Lauren and I are sitting there like, wow, we're hearing the nitty gritty of what went on. And the good thing, everything was positive. There was no negative. And I think you're right. And I think like you've seen shows like X-Files shot up in viewership during COVID and people were so excited to talk about it. They're like, hey, let's, I think, what was it? Lori Holden watched the show again so that she could really relive what she had done on it and she wanted to make sure everything she had knew and talked about was fresh. We were so appreciative of that. Sure. Um, so it was, it was a wonderful <laughs> experience. You, there's a lot of projects out there that people will reflect fondly on, their work on it, but at the end of the day, end of the day it's a job, you know, and it's, hey, I, I'm lucky to have had a paycheck, you know, I, I worked long nights in Vancouver, cold nights in Vancouver, and did 26 episode seasons or whatever. But then I wrap up, move on with my life, et cetera. What is it about the X-Files itself that you, you've come to think was special about that production that people are so fond of it after the fact and still talking about it 25 years later? Do you want to jump in on that first? Sure. I mean, I know that I love hearing the stories from the art and production department they'd go out scouting locations and then they'd go get breakfast with Kim Manners and they would just have all these notes and all these fun memories and then they'd go back and they'd work very long days and very cold days like you had mentioned in Vancouver and then they'd wake up and do it all over again the next day and for sure it's their job but they just remember everything so being so lovely and from Chris Carter all the way down to the bottom everyone was just excited to be there giving their all, giving their best. And it's really nice as fans to hear that and to reflect with these folks 25, 30 years later. And then what, I, what we like to do is say, you know, we've spoken to enough fans now, just in case you haven't heard it lately, thank you for all of that hard work and dedication. And one of the surprising things for, for both of us was, you know, some people would say, oh, it's really nice, you don't have to say that or something like that. But we'd also have people crying on the Zoom call because they just hadn't, been I don't want to say properly thanked but properly thanked recently no. for a show that still resonates with so many and is still so popular and they're just really proud of it and they just remember it being exhausting but really great and friendly and fun and it seems like Chris Carter in a way was a still behaving somewhat as a leader of this crew as you were filming things he was encouraging people to talk to you is that accurate <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, he had heard there were certain people that we were interested in interviewing or wanted to. Actually, I think one of them was a reboot interview. Uh, we had spoken briefly with him at one of the Comic-Con events. Uh, and he called that actor for us. And we got a call the next day. And he said, well, we were told we should interview with you. And we're like, okay. Yeah. 
I mean, w- I mean, this was months later. We hadn't heard from the. Per- and it, it, this happens. You're dealing yeah. with agents. I don't put it on the actors. It's no. you're dealing with agents and managers, and we've had to go through the back door just like everybody else. And a lot of times you don't get answers back, and sometimes social media helps and whatnot. But yeah, this actor reached out to us directly and said, "Let's do it. Let's talk." And he was gracious and. Yes. It was awesome. That was Mitch, right? It was Mitch, yeah. Right. So, we, and, yeah. That's, and that's a, that's a part of uh, you can see that in the clips online. Right, you can that, see it. He says Chris told me to talk to you Chris guys. Told- <laughs> yeah, but of course, uh, a Mitch Pelleggi, right? Or uh, is Pelleggi? Pelleggi, that, yeah. That uh, played Skinner. Yeah, so, right. was there were there other moments during this process where you had sort of the gates open and you felt like, oh, okay, we're we're really kind of cooking now yes. I think the interviews with Chris well I think it was surreal it was prior to prior to that the Pentagon had released sure there's aliens mm. and everyone was kind of just so focused on other news but as an X-Files fan I felt so validated and I was like Carly now's the time now we have to ask Chris Carter for an interview and she's like who is this um, and, <laughs> and I said we have to we have to do this now's the time the stars are aligning we've got all these great interviews we've got this online presence now we're interacting with fans daily or weekly and everyone's kind of sharing their personal stories and struggles and how the X-Files helped them and we've got all these wonderful interviews from cast and crew behind the scenes I said we, we have to go for go for Chris Carter and we were just so excited we just never thought he'd I mean, we thought perhaps he would speak to us, but it's gotten to the point where we just, we've spoken to him several times and he's just so We're gracious in, with his time yeah. and he's just a great guy and thank goodness, cause we'd been crushed and we would have scrapped the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we felt that, I think we felt that way with anybody who sure. we interviewed. If, if we had gotten an interview and they had, really been a nasty person mm-hmm. or were not gracious with their time you know you get that crushing feeling i know anybody who's met their you know their favorite people we did not feel that way with anybody we were so grateful for everybody everybody was so gracious and so incredible yeah, for sure. and so sweet we were very lucky yes. i don't think we had any negative no everyone was wonderful yeah. but it was that time where where everything kind of aligned and we're like <clears throat> we have we have to see if we can get chris carter yeah. that would be the ultimate right so that we went for it the you referenced sort of the UFO or UAP congressional reports that started coming out. This sort of entered into the conversation with some of the cast, right? It, it somewhat became a a thread with the interviews. Talk a little bit about that. I, I know I at least saw one thing where, um, you know, someone's uh, internet connection went out and it was somewhat suspicious. Yes, that happened three <laughs> times that I can think of off the top of my head. And like I said, we did, we've did we done nearly 100 interviews and they've all been really special and amazing. But when that information came out, we're like, well, why do you think the X-Files is still so relevant? And people were quick to say, well, look at the news. Yeah. You yeah. know, a lot of things that were written are happening in real life. And, you know, the government is saying, yes, there's these programs that exist and everything that the X-Files had touched upon were kind of coming true like week by week. It was really interesting. Um, and then as soon as they would say that, their internet would go out or their phone would get disconnected. It's happened at least three times yeah. and it became this running joke. We're like, this isn't the first time it happened, it's okay. And they're like, oh my goodness, it was just a lot of fun. And you can tell that our interviews are a bit laid back yeah, and they're fun and they go on for quite a bit, but that definitely came up time and time again. And another piece that came up was how Chris Carter was predicting the future. I was just gonna say that, like it's come up 90s, quite a few times. Right. Like, it, it, he knows what's happening. Look exactly. at 2023, 2024, like what is going on, the conspiracies, 
Chris predicted all of it. Yeah. He's got some sort of weird tag. Or he's wearing a human suit. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? But I think it may be a nice alien if if he is. Oh, he's a wonderful alien. What were some tidbits? from these interviews that even as fans like where you're kind of blown away or something is just so revealing about this show anything that really stuck with you I think for me it's just it goes back to how wonderful everybody was I know that sounds hokey and whatnot but productions are long stressful exhausting events i don't care if you work on the best show on television you're tired at the end of the day and everybody was just like we were talking about a minute ago you know i think your your, the passion came out from the top from chris kim manners um rob bowman these these guys you know bob goodwin like their passion was brought all the way down to the bottom to people who are pas I mean, we've become friends with people who worked on the show, and they're just saying, like, you know, how amazing it was. You want to do your job. You want to go there and be passionate about your job. And how many people can say that? I mean, yeah. I've worked a million jobs, and I, I enjoy working for them, but to, to be passionate about it, it, it's a very small percentage. And I think that's what grabbed me, is they just, it was so cool to watch them light up about talking about it. Like, it made us feel like, and I don't know about, I I don't want to speak for you, but we were welcomed into that community, and I felt like we were part of it, even though we weren't there. I felt like we were part of it, and the cast and crew kind of welcomed us in there. Was there any interview that you're professionals, you've been working in entertainment and production for a long time, but... And you keep your cool, but still, when you go do that interview on the inside, that nine, ten-year-old fan or whatever it is is freaking out a little bit. Tell me about a moment where you kind of had to, kind of had to check it a little bit on the sure. inside. Sure, I um, I can speak to that. <laughs> um, well, I, I just want to say that every interview we do, Carly and I call each other immediately after and start screaming into the phone because. Yes, we're professionals, but we also do not hide our enthusiasm right. for the show or the project. And we take our documentary very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. Mm-mm. And anyone who's met us at events is kind of like, yeah, you're exactly what I kind of thought you'd be like. And I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment, but thank you. Um, but it's just we're very excited to be doing this. We're lifelong fans. Uh, like I said, this kind of started off as a love letter to the show. So to hear these memories and, and kind of like be brought into that circle and some people have like oh, I've got the scrapbook do you want to see it and they'll put it up on zoom and like show us and it's really it means a lot to us that we would be trusted with these stories and to share that with the rest of the fandom means so much but one of the moments that I will say really sticks out is after a few months of trying for Mr. David Duchovny to speak to him I got to go downstairs and tell my husband who was working in his office I said I need you to take the kids outside because David Duchovny is calling in just a few minutes and he was just like seriously (laughs) I was like yes please take the children outside so we can have this time and and record it so that was really thrilling for me um as just an X-Files fan and as a you know as a fangirl yeah you know no apologies I just I loved Fox Mulder he's one of my favorite characters and I followed his David Duchovny's career just like I followed Julian Anderson's career and having to go down and say to my husband like please take the kids outside Mr. Duchovny's calling for our documentary it was a lot of fun and I, I I'm smiling right now thinking about it because it was just yeah. so exciting and fun and silly 
honestly. The, I, I appreciate that you were so polite to your husband. Yeah. Please take the kids outside as opposed to get out. No. Was it that Dakota polite? is calling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was great. How about yourself? Uh, Lauren's going to laugh at mine. Um, I think it's, uh, we had an uh, opportunity to do an event with Chris Carter at, 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 in New York State. And um, we were outside with Chris, just Lauren and I. And I had the opportunity to tell Chris about what the show meant to me and about how the relationship with my dad and like how it's it just something that grabs me. And I'm having this emotional moment. But what I don't realize is I'm trying to deflate a blow up alien. And <laughs> this thing was easily as tall as Lauren. Mm -hmm. And it was this big green alien that we were walking around taking pictures at. And I don't even realize I'm doing it because I kind of like zone out when I'm doing things. And I'm like having this conversation with Chris. But I'm literally doubled over with this green alien trying to get the air out of it because no, it wouldn't come out so finally lauren pulls the thing out of my arms and she's like i'm gonna take over this so i can so i can have the conversation with lauren it was just one of those things i'm like i'm talking to chris with a giant you know deflating a giant alien and having an emotional moment bear in mind like i'm like ready to cry and i'm <laughs> trying to get the air out of the, the alien which Lauren hasn't let me forget yeah. um it's since that our friendship actually. Yeah. oh yeah for sure but it was just one of those things like having those conversations like with David Chris like these are now we talk talk to them like by their first names it's just not Mr. Carter it's Chris we have conversations with Chris and it, that's a weird transition for us that we've been able to create a relationship with these people that we have such respect for yeah I, I actually love that I think that's such a great part of of fans fandom creating these stories that are reflecting on the things they love because it's authenticity and that sincerity and it it's it's conveyed through the movie through the content that we're creating i think that that's actually really incredible i mean i i would say for me the having interviewed like a jillian anderson or even uh, mitch pelleggi like since I'm locked into that younger fandom mode with this show, sure, I've interviewed a lot of people, but when you're going up to talk to Jillian Anderson, you know she is a, an actor, a performer, but it's also like, holy crap, I'm going to talk to Scully, or, or Skinner's intimidating, I don't know, you know, like, even though you know the reality of it, that, that true love of it influences what you do, and I think that that's really important. I think it's also really special about this film that you include not just interviews with everyone every principal person connected to the show the production but the fans and you mentioned the the scully effect first off define that for folks that may not know what it is and share some of the really touching stories that you that you gathered through the course of this production absolutely so the scully effect for those who might not know is the study, because there is a, di a direct correlation between young women who grew up watching the X-Files and then go on to pursue medical, FBI. scientific, law enforcement careers as a result of watching Dana Scully. And as we all know at the time, there was not a lot of Dana Scully type of characters on television in the early 90s. And the Scully effect is well documented and it always brings a smile to our face when we meet a woman who says, you know, I didn't really have a lot growing up, or I come from a working class background, I certainly didn't know any scientists or medical doctors, and then I saw Dana Scully, and now I'm doing ABC. And it's just so wonderful to hear 
them tell us about a little bit about their life, but also how this fictional character really shaped the adult that they became. And for us, we are constantly hearing about positive stories, not just about Dana Scully, but you know, Agent Reyes, Anna Beth Gish's character. It's just so inspiring to hear. And for us, some of the some of the real life moments were, you know, we've met a handful of scientists at events and we've met a handful of women who are in law enforcement and doctors and there's one there's one fan that that sticks out that shared her story with us um, for our documentary she grew up in um, a very religious household she couldn't really she wasn't expected to be more than um, you know um, you know a, a mother and there's nothing wrong with that but she she kind of always knew that she wanted more and then she saw Dana Scully and she just went for it so it really changed the trajectory of her life yeah, and to have people, fellow fans, trust us with these stories, it just, honestly, it's very touching. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about how about yourself, Carly? Since you've you've mentioned the relationship with your father and being fans together, was there an interview that you had that kind of harkened back to your own personal story or something that felt very important? Not an individual story. I think it was just everything put together. I mean, I think what we saw and what my father, one thing my father always instilled in me was passion. And he, he was never one. I remember growing up, <clears throat> there was a friend of mine, and I, we're still very good friends, and, and her parents used to say, you're not going to school for production. It's not. It's a waste of a career. It's my parents said, you want to go for it, you pursue it, you work hard, and you can get it. And that was something that always stood out to me. And And... When I were doing these interviews, especially with the writers and producers, which were always the ones that fascinated me the most, it was about their passion for the projects and their passion. Even though 30 years have gone by, some of these directors and writers have gone on to do, Matt, like James Wong has done all the American Horror Stories. Um, and you watch these creatives like, wow, you guys have done some crazy things, and you talk about their passion, and I think that's what resonated most with me. I'm not an on-camera person. I'm not a, I'm a behind-the-scenes person. And so for me, those are the stories that grab me. And the Scully, I think from my aspect, the Scully effect is more about her strength, um, less about the science aspect. My sister's a scientist, and I sh but she never watched The X-Files, so I have to preface that. Um, but <clears throat> the passion behind it is what grabbed me. Scully's passion. She was always a strong character. And I think that grabbed me. She was the believer. I'm sorry. The, so the, the passion? Skeptic. The is passion. The passion. The passion. Uh, but that's... Shut up. <laughs> but that, that's what grabbed me is, is the passion for <clears throat> her character and where it came from. Yeah. Which we had talked about like Kim Matters behind yes. being behind that. Sure. Um and like Ann Simon, the scientist behind Scully, who we were lucky enough to interview as well. Um, so that's my <laughs> my shtick. The are, are you are you officially done with the interviews, or have there been any proverbial white whales that you're pursuing that you would still like to get and you know slot into the final documentary? I don't think we're ever done per se. We thought we were done. We've thought we were done about four or five years ago. But uh, I would love to talk to Vince Gilligan. Um, we're working on that per, uh, through people on the show. He's one I would love to get, and I know he's a phenomenal writer and obviously very popular right now. Um, I don't know who else would you like to get. Uh, honestly, I, I 
I love the interviews. I don't want them to stop. We have a, a great time interviewing everyone. So it, what, hap what happens often is we'll have an interview and they'll say, you know, you should reach out to this person or a fellow fan will, will message us and say, you know who you should talk to? This person. I'll be like, okay, well, how would I get in touch with them? Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, I don't know, but let me find out. So it's really become a collaborative online community where people are like, hey, have you thought about interviewing this person or this person? We're always down for it. We're we, nearly 100 times we've done this and we love it a little bit more each time. So, you know, if you're watching and you worked on the X-Files, <laughs> bring it on. Vince Gilligan, <laughs> Brian Cranston, give us a yeah. call. I know you're big fans of Denny Geek. Jack Black. Really Jack Black, Black. yeah, that yeah. was when we had a hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Know? We'd we'd love to we'd love to. Always a pleasure to to share this. We're their very stories. friendly. And and what's curious is that the choice to really distribute the interviews as you go along across your social media, YouTube. Uh, I know you guys have been very active, very successful across social media as opposed to waiting until you say, "Okay, we are done and now here's the final product." Discuss that a little bit because some people would be very reluctant to show the goods before the final product. Well, with everything we do, there's no gatekeeping. There's no rudeness. We always invite collaboration. And as you know, before interviews, we'll say, what are your, what are your best questions for uh, Brian Thompson? Or what do you want to know about Lori Holden's character? And people will put it right there on, on socials or they'll DM us if they don't feel comfortable. Um, and we've always invited fan, fellow fan participation. So for us, it just made sense to do the rough cuts. People were asking about it. People were like, oh, did my question get asked? And I said, well, there's no, really no reason we can't share it. We, yeah. you know, we, this is for the fans just like us. So to have that online and then they can, they can watch it. And the really touching part is I handle all of our social media. So people will send us messages and say, you know, I'm in the hospital right now. Oh yeah. And I'm watching all these interviews and you wouldn't believe the smile on my face. And I was like, oh my gosh. So this is kind of like reinforces why we put so much content online. We're not trying to hide anything. It's always been a lot of fun. And the more people along for the ride, the better. So check out our interviews. If they make you smile, that's great. If not, please keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're in this unique position where, you know, as you said, you were, you were happy being behind the camera, the production person, but now this thing has evolved in a way that you're out there in the world, interacting with the fan community in person, especially now that we're all back in, in real life again. Speak about that and how exciting, cool it is, but also sometimes how weird it is, and some of the opportunities that have emerged from your work. Why don't you start on that, Carly? I think you've hit the nail on both, is we love being out and interacting people. Um, we're very friendly. We don't bite. Um, and our stories are incredible. The two of us go out into a public setting, and it's almost dangerous. You know, we, not just teasing. We have a blast. Um, we love talking to people. We love having a good time, but then as you said, all of a sudden people are like, hey, can we get our picture with you? We're like, okay. Like, we, somebody asked us for our autograph at an event, and we're like, why? <laughs> you know, we, we were like on our way to the airport, we were kind of running out of sure. this event, and someone's like, can, can you sign our book? And we're, sure, why not? It is a surreal thing. I think the whole thing for us has been a surreal event. We never thought we'd get Chris, or David, or Jillian, even Mitch. Um, 
but as we've checked off every box, we're like, hey, we can actually do this. And we're just having a blast yeah. doing it. We're having so, like Lauren said, we don't want this to end because A, we've created an incredible relationship out of it. You know, I consider Lauren one of my best friends some days. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just having so much fun with this. I mean, who can say that you, somebody can say that we're watching a TV show from the time we're nine, 10 years old. We're now in our 40s and <laughs> not yet two weeks okay i'm in my 40s and um we're not only still talking about it but we've created a project that people are watching around the world like that blows my mind but you're also doing good work with it I, I, there's opportunities such as doing the awesome con dc awesome con and then you're raising money you're fundraising for good causes as well right talk about Plug those causes, actually. Sure, Talk about the sure. work you've That's done all for this one. So um, Carly will tell you, I don't like to sit still. Mm-hmm. When the documentary we thought was winding down, I thought it would be really interesting to kind of take our love for the show on the road, especially because there was not a lot of talk about the 30th anniversary at any of the Comic-Cons or any of the Awesome Con. Nothing was really kind of showing up. So I said to Carly, I said, I think, I think we need to do something about this. So... I applied for AwesomeCon, we were selected, and for three days we had a booth and we talked about X-Files and how it was you know, celebrating its 30th anniversary and we've met a ton of people that were like, this is so great, Marvel, 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 X-Files, thank you for coming, and we were just like, this is, you know, this is wonderful, because um, we were the only X-Files presence there, and by being in DC AwesomeCon, we had all of that fan interaction and people were stopping by in all different age groups. We had a few people cosplaying as Scully. It was really cute. And it was just a lot of fun for us to talk about the project, talk about the show and the impact it's had not only on pop culture and television, but also with its fans collectively worldwide. It's very heartwarming and touching and we'd love to talk about it. And then, you know, at the same the same day, we're walking around DC with our inflatable aliens and our inflatable '90s phones, and everyone's you know taking pictures. It's just joy. It's joyful for us to go out and meet other fans who are passionate and have this good time. And I want to say, like our second or third event, I said to Carly, I said, you know, we can uh, we could probably benefit some kind of charity. Carly's very passionate about animals, but there is. Um, a domestic violence shelter in New Jersey that we contribute to. So we started collecting funds for domestic violence victims in our state just from X-Files events. And one of the people that we've stayed close to from the X-Files is um, Sheila Larkin, who plays Mama Scully. And she heard what we were doing. And for File Fest in Minneapolis, she had given us a stack of crew gifts to assist with our efforts, for our fundraising efforts. And we were able to then go back to New Jersey with over $1,200 and just like, here's our latest donation to the domestic violence uh, shelter. And it's just been a wonderful piece that we do now at every event. And we're proud to do it. And we're always shocked and amazed that when people come to our table or talk to us and they say, oh, what's this about? We say, oh, it's for a domestic violence shelter. And people will then share their own stories about assaults and things like that with us and it's always very emotional and very touching and we are happy and honored to hold that space for them but it's just another piece that we would never have expected six years ago when we started this but lauren doesn't give herself enough credit she's our marketing guru she's the one who designs 
our bracelets that we have. She designs the stickers, these adorable creative stickers that we sell yeah. that the money goes to the domestic violence shelter. All these things I could never create mm -hmm. in a million years. I'm creative in editing, not what she's doing. And people love it. People eat it up. It's phenomenal. That's for a good cause, so we're proud to do it. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, I, I have to ask some silly questions. Uh, there's been already some sprinkled through there. But first off, I mean, you knew what you were getting into when you were talking to me. I am a spooky nerd. I talk about spooky things, paranormal. X-Files definitely influenced me. So Just like us. <laughs> so I want to hear, like, any spooky stories? Have you had any of your own weird experiences? Do you want to believe? Is the truth out there? Creatures in the woods, lights in the sky, you know, things going bump in the night. Oh, you're already nodding. Yeah. I love oh, this. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. I, uh, this is very exciting to me. Okay, lay it on me. Give me some spooky <laughs> stuff. I'll give you I'll give you an example. I've always loved spooky stuff. All right. We can go state by state, and we can talk about every state's mascot, if you will, if I, you want to later. We I, can do I do. I do. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll share this with you because it makes me sound a little crazy, but I'm fine with it. The, so, well, let me preface also, like, Considering me and my audience, nothing sounds crazy, okay? I mean, only weird, but in a good way. Excellent. Fellow weirdos. Excellent. I will share Love this it. with you because I was so creeped out. So I was, over the summer, I was walking to my neighbor's house, and I kind of felt like, like I was being watched. And I look up, and I see about 10 perfectly spaced lights in the sky rapidly approaching me. You never told completely, me this. Completely, completely silent. You never told me this. Well, I'm telling you now. <laughs> completely silent and it's just coming towards me and my heart starts racing and I'm just like I've been preparing my whole life for this and I take my cell phone out and I'm just video and then one of my neighbors from down the road starts screaming and I'm like look up look up look up and he looks up and he starts swearing and screaming he's like I gotta go get my friends in the backyard so he disappears so I'm alone in the street with these lights rapidly approaching and I'm calling my husband I'm like get out here quickly get out here and he comes out he's like what are you talking about and it just goes and I have it on video, and I'm showing all of my neighbors, and they're like, okay, how's your X-Files documentary going? And I'm like, no, you see this, right? Long story short, it was Starlink, but I didn't know that's what Starlink looked like. So it was just imagined. It was just a mixture of pure terror, but also, like, I've been waiting for this, and I just kind of, like, took my phone out, and I was like, no one's going to believe me otherwise. Like, I was prepared. So, you know, all that is to say, if Mulder and Scully had cell phones back in the day, well, I, oh, that's so much more to be caught. So many more cases would be closed. That's, I, I mean, like that, that is a whole thing that the first off from the preparing for this your whole life. Mm. I say this often. I'm like, if when when stuff gets real, when we see lights in the sky, when the mothership arrives, I think my lifetime of being a nerd has prepared me for this because <laughs> I hope, I think I won't be freaking out. Like instead, I think I'm going to be like, all right kind of expected cool. it was going to happen right. like like this is the moment like but i mean the other element to that is even since the reboot came out when was the reboot was it was 2018. it 2018 yeah 2018 even since then we the first one was 16 16 yeah and then came back for a couple more i'm terrible with the dates but even since then we now are in an age of tiktok and even more media so much social stuff. media saturation that the stories would be different yeah. for Mulder and scully for but sure. Okay, so Starlink. Any other ones that you think that were truly the most recent? How much time do we have? Oh, so you got a lot. So you? No, I'm serious. Would you say that you have a whole? You have a lot of experiences with the strange and unusual. I mean, I have a few ghost stories, but I think it's because I grew up watching the X Files that I'm just more attuned and I'm looking for things like that. 
So it doesn't, it's not out of the realm of possibility for me when I see these things or when I experience these things. I kind of keep an open mind, which that to the show's credit, I think that instilled a healthy curiosity in me. And, you know, but yeah, I have a few. Well, I'm not letting you off the hook yet, Carly. Right, we'll, we'll get to you. I, wait, hold on a second. I, I want to hear, <laughs> give me one ghost story. Oh, okay. The one thing that remains somewhat unexplained for you. Okay, so I have, oh, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but I do believe I'm sharing this. Um, it was it would be way easier for me to be like, no, I don't have any, but I will share this with you. I mean, I again, the audience, okay? I know, so. 100%, and I'm one of you, so I get it. Um, she so, hasn't shared these with me either, and we've known each other forever. So many car rides. I know. How have you not shared this you stuff never with asked. me? Whatever. So when my daughter was little, she had uh, a bunny, a lovey, that she loved, and it was always with her. And I was fortunate enough to stay home with her for her first year and a half. So one day the bunny went missing. I'm texting my husband. I'm calling him at work. You know, where is this doll? I can't find it. Um, and it, she was being very fussy. You know, the, the teeth were coming in, the whole thing. So I'm trying to find this doll. I cannot find it. I walk into her bedroom, and the doll is propped up on the doorknob of her bedroom door. <laughs> That's I didn't do that. My daughter didn't do that. And also, to make matters even scarier, she's very fussy. She had stopped screaming for a few seconds, and I look over, and she's laughing up at the empty rocking chair. So I just found the doll propped up on the, van, on the, <laughs> on the doorknob. She's stopped screaming and is now fully engaged with literally nothing that I can see in the rocking chair. And I was just like, well... Okay. I mean, that's it's a good literal chill moment. Wow. That yes. was good. But I, I would say creepy, yes, because it's it's some strange phenomena. However, it sounds like whatever this was was looking after your daughter. Got the got the bunny back 100%. and is looking after. Her, so 100%. no complaints. So all right, that's freaky. That mm-hmm. that's a good one. All right, now Carly, <laughs> go for it. Okay, so my <laughs> mine are ghost related as well. Uh, I lost a bunch of people in a very short time and we bought a house with my great aunt who passed away. She died in the house. So nothing unusual at first and we started to have a few little things when we did construction on the house. Um, My dog used to stare at you know, like open spaces would bark. Then when we put our second level on, lights would go on and off in the middle of the night. Nothing crazy. Now let me preface it, when my father first died, I woke up to seeing him the next day, standing in his weird flannel shirt like clear as day. I freaked me out. I closed my eyes. This was before I got into like the paranormal shows, like Paranormal Caught in Camera, one of my favorite shows. Uh, love that show. Um, and like my haunted house. I watched these shows religiously. Didn't back then. So closed my eyes. This was 20 years ago. So fast forward, my daughter is about... I want to say 18 months old, and we had a camera over her bed. And one day I'm checking the camera, and there is a massive orb over the the bed. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm freaked out because it's a heat sensor. Well, I took a picture of it. Well, the picture's gone. Completely disappeared from my phone. I cannot find it. Uh, A couple of months later, all of a sudden, my daughter, it's middle of the night, starts talking. And she's 18 months, so it's not really talking, but gibberish. Wakes up, starts talking. All of a sudden, the shower turns on. Wakes me up. And my daughter stops talking. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I was my, I'm, I'm convinced it was my dad. Like, coming in and doing, like, little things. Always watching over my daughter. Not as freaky as your rocking chair moving. But I'm, I'm not... 
I'm not nervous by the energy because I am convinced it's either my father or my great aunt who owned the house. Um, but I'll tell you, waking up in the middle of the night to the shower turning on and my daughter talking, it like it freaked me out. Um, but never been offended by the energy. I watch these like haunted house shows. I'm like, oh my God, I could never live in these right. like aggressive energy houses. But um, I've never been offended by the energy, if you will. <laughs> That's great. That's creepy. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love it. that stuff. All right, two more questions. Well, a, a bunch of people uh, in my friendship group have various tattoos that are very X-Files inspired and including a group of people that got a, uh, I think it was from the Jersey Devil episode, the sketch of, they have a tattoo of that. So as fans, as filmmakers of the, the retrospective, what would be sort of your deep cut or fan tattoo dedicated to the X-Files? It could be, I don't know, what, what, it could be anything, really, but what would be yours? I've thought about this before. I know you have. <laughs> I, I'm partial to the oversized 90s cell phone. I really love that. Um, I have a sticker with a traditional tattoo drawing of Mulder and Scully and a heart, which I really love. So you have I, a sticker, I, though, right? Yeah, we yes, have a sticker? I do. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think that's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I just think I, I, the truth is out there, obviously. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with like a trust mainstay no like that. Like, trust no Deny one. Or, yeah. You know, Mark Snow had mentioned that one of the weirdest ones or coolest ones he had seen was the notes on mm. somebody's, a doctor, right? Wasn't it a yeah, doctor? Like, all the way down her back were the notes, somebody from Australia, I think, of the theme song, all the way. He, he was like blown away by that. Like, that's see, I think that's kind of cool. I don't know if that's what I'd get, but like I think it's subtle because you don't know what it is, but like yet it's honoring the show. I that'd be kind of cool. I'm terrified of needles. I, you can't go by me. I'd a put a sticker on myself. Teeth. Yeah, that's where I'm going, right <laughs> in the middle of my forehead. Behind the neck. <laughs> oh I, God, Brandon would be done. I have seen the 90s cell phone. A, yeah, uh, a, yeah, yeah that's a, a Mulder cool. is me and then 90s cell phone. Yeah, I like the Mulder is me. Yeah. yeah. It's cute. And I, and I guess really, the, where can how can people keep up with your work, keep track of the film and what is next for this entire production. You guys got a lot of stuff lined up for 2024. Sure, well we're on Twitter, or X, we are on Instagram and our website is thexfiles25.com. You can link to all of our socials there. You could drop us a line. We've got an active email account. You can slide into our DMs. Um, I know that's not what that's meant, but I can't help myself. I'm and you have the NYC an event. Elder with millennial. I can't. I can't. I can't. You've got the NYC event with Chris Carter this year as well. <laughs> yes, that's correct. We're looking at May for a, a, our X-Files screening event in New York City. We're super excited. Chris Carter's going to be there with us uh, doing a Q&A, and uh, we're, we're very excited about yes, it. Yes, we're very excited about our New York City screening. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to check it out. I, I, I feel like we're just, we've reached the limit. We're cracking up now. We're falling apart. <laughs> But uh, it's a good thing to uh, talk about and fall apart over is the X-Files. Agreed. And the X-Files fan retrospective documentary. My guests today have been Carly Blake and Lauren Kratiger. Kratiger. Dang. I see. I knew I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> My guests are Carly Blake and Lauren Kratiger, and we have been talking about the X-Files fan retrospective. You can check out their work on YouTube, on social media, and soon to check out the final finished product of the documentary. And this has been Talking Strange. 
I'm Aaron Sagers, and until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. Mm-hmm.